Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez here every night to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Interesting Monday. We have mixed feelings about what happened on Sunday versus the Cardinals. We had an instant reaction last night in case you want to check it out. We had some early takeaways. After watching the replay, we have additional takeaways. And I'm sure that tomorrow night, once we have looked at the old 22 tape, we will have even more thoughts on the Cowboys. But I will share with you some of them tonight, of course. We will talk about... What seems to be the main issue with the Cowboys offense right now, we'll get into that. Then we'll talk about where is the panic index for the Cowboys. We'll talk about the Rams or the Cardinals, who are the most likely opponents for the Cowboys in the wildcard round. And then, as every Monday, we'll have Overaction Monday here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. So thank you for joining the show. Make sure you hit the like button. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Let's get more Cowboys fans in here. What is up? Eliu Varela saying the offensive line. That's it, plus the running backs. Charlene Evans, thank you for joining the show. Also, what is up, Barrel Killer over at YouTube. Chuck, uh, Nina over at Facebook as well, saying we need to invest in an offensive line. Interesting take because it might be true for the future, right? The Cowboys have questions on the interior offensive line. Is Tyler Viadic the future at center? Is Connor Williams? Should the Cowboys consider bringing in another left tackle for the future because you never know how when Tyron Smith will be available when he will not be available so we'll get into all of it tonight on ADC Sports Dallas primetime but before we do let's start the show officially here we go Hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. here on and ADC Sports Dallas Primetime, your Dallas on-demand sports talk network with a lot more content coming your way throughout one more regular season week and, of course, during the postseason, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content here on Dallas on-demand Sports Talk Network. So make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Let's get started. Oh, man. This was a frustrating game. Still not over it. Struggled to get through the replay. No doubt about that. Brian says we can only go as far as Dak can take us. Let's talk about what, in my opinion, was the biggest issue, offensively speaking, for the Dallas Cowboys. Someone said, Mike said, offensive coordinator struggled to, uh, failed to call the plays. And let's talk about the play selection for the Cowboys here for a moment, because I want to show you some numbers. These are, according to runningbacksdon'tmatter.com, that is what those letters in the bottom of your screen stand for, by the way, website put together by Ben, ben Baldwin with some analytics kind of stats, advanced stats over there, EPA, success rate, all of that. According to his numbers, the series that started with a rush were successful 50% of the time. And compare that to 88.2% of the time 
when the series that started with a pass were successful. And this is just the example for this game. But that has been the case for most of the Cowboys games. And it will be the case for most of the NFL games that you have seen this year. Mostly, if you start running the football, you will find yourself in delicate situations. The Cowboys average distance to go on third down. They went three for 11. They, they went three for 11 on third down. Their average distance to go was 8.54 yards. The Cowboys constantly find themselves in third and long situations, and it is because of all those early down calls. Now, I had some numbers here as well from Cowboys stats, which I believe are very important to keep in mind. His Cowboys stats, um, this is EPA expected points added. So just really quickly, I'm going to try to describe what expected points added stands for. Depending on the down and distance that you're in, there is, based on historical data, certain points that you are on average expected to score. So maybe if you are midfield, you, you might be thinking about getting near to a field goal. If you are within the 10, the expected points might be closer to a touchdown. Those kind, that is more or less in very, very basic terms, what expected points added stands for. So what expected points stands for, excuse me. And then expected points added tries to measure how successful are the plays. If you get the first down, you will have more expected points. And that difference between one situation and another between plays is what stands for EPA. So very basic definition, maybe even shorthanded, but that's more or less what it stands for. So here we go. Ezekiel Elliott and his plays in 2021. Look at these games. The loss to the Buccaneers, the loss to the Raiders, the loss to the Cardinals. Sick had minus four-point EPA versus the Buccaneers, and it was a two-point loss. So basically, Ezekiel Elliott's plays cost you 4.8 points, more or less. The Raiders game was a three-point loss. EPA in six plays, 4.1 EPA negative. EPA, of course, we're talking about here. The Cardinals lost, three points lost, and then you look at his EPA, 5.2 EPA. And these numbers are from one of the legendary accounts from Cowboys Twitter, that is at Cowboys Stats. Here is what it's important to take away from those numbers. It is not that Ezekiel Elliott sucks or anything like that. This is not trying to put all of the blame on Ezekiel Elliott. But clearly, the Cowboys have struggled to run the football. And clearly, it is not only affecting their run game, but also the passing game and the offense in general, because you're finding yourself in second and long situations, third and long situations. And that 3-4-11 that you had in third down last Sunday versus the Cardinals, it is not only because you're failing to execute in third down, but because you need to execute on third and 11, third and 14, some third and 20 when the holding penalties were called. So the fact that the Cowboys are finding themselves in this situation is the main problem always. So Dak needs to pay back about 70 million, says Joel Wilson. I understand the frustration with the offense right now. I think that the Cowboys still have their guy. I think that Dak Prescott is still a top quarterback in this league. Hopefully, he's able to bounce back with the entire offense. I do believe that the Cowboys passing game is getting a lot of undeserved blame, maybe. And I'm not trying to say that they had a perfect game. But speaking about, about those uh, advanced stats that we were talking about, 
here are some additional numbers. Running the football, the Cowboys had a, let's forget about EPA for a moment. Let's talk about success rate, which literally measures how many of your plays were successful. Running the football, according to runningbacksdontmatter.com, which is an ironic name maybe, but anyways, the Cowboys running the football were at 33% success rate. Passing the football, 55% success rate, way higher than running, the, than running the football. In early downs, the difference is even more clear. 33% success rate running the football in first down and in second down. Compare that to a 58% success rate, close to 60% in the passing game. I don't know how the Cowboys can actually fix their running game. I don't have the answer to that. I, uh, hopefully, Kellen Moore and the Cowboys offense is able to figure it out before the playoffs. But listen, at the end of the day, I know that running the football in first down and second down so much is hurting this Cowboys team because they're not being good at it. And I believe that some of the ways that you can improve that, I can think of at least two right now. Number one is don't have Dalton Schultz in that situation like you did yesterday versus the Cardinals. You don't want Dalton Schultz to be blocking Chandler Jones in the running game. I don't think that is going to work out for anyone. Uh, and I know that Dalton Schultz has been in maybe an above average blocker this season. But if, you're, if you want him to go at Chandler Jones, I don't think that is a good idea. And also, Tony Pollard shouldn't be getting three carries because that is the amount of carries that Tony Pollard had yesterday versus the Cardinals. I, deserve that, I believe that he has earned and he deserves more, more carries, to be honest. He, you, you have the power to have a one-two punch with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And it's frustrating that the Cowboys don't want to give Pollard more carries, or at least they seemingly don't want to do so. Tommy says, Dak is also part of the problem, Mo. And I want to be very clear with this. I'm not saying that he's not, but I am saying that the Cowboys passing game is your main issue. The, the Cowboys running game, excuse me, is your main issue right now on the offense. The fact that, number one, you're running the football way more than maybe you should in early downs specifically. I'm talking about early downs. And when you are doing so, you are not being as efficient as you want to be. And you are putting the passing game in tough spots when you get all the way down to third down. But as I agree with what Tommy is saying, Dak is also part of the problem because you don't want him to fumble in that key moment in the fourth quarter. You don't want him to miss Amari Cooper in a second and nine spot in which he was clearly open. You don't want him to make those kind of mistakes. I do believe, though, that he's getting way more blame than maybe he, he deserves. Uh, Chuck says, I don't understand how uh, this team wasn't prepared for Murray Everyone knows he's a running back. They didn't have a spy on him or anything. Pathetic. He kept running on them. What a dumbass. Uh, what dumbass had 86 blocking Jones. We shouldn't still be talking about this terrible playing calling. Pitiful. Now, there were some plays in which it seemed like Kyler Murray had someone on him. And there was one in specific that I've talked about already here in the show. Donovan Wilson. It, it sort of looked like cover one. And maybe Donovan Wilson had... 
his rubber assignment underneath, trying to pick off underneath routes. But it also seems like Donovan Wilson is locked into Kyler Murray and he's looking at him constantly. So it, it might have been rubber. It might have been spy in that spot. But I think that Kyler had in some place, and I'm looking forward to diving into the old 22. I want to see how many times did Kyler have spy a spy on him on defense. Burrell Keeler, thank you for your comment and thank you for your donation. We were like junkies, this is his comment, used to getting three or four eight balls every Sunday. Then suddenly we had nothing. That's why we lost no turnovers, says Burrell Keeler. Defense, kind of a mixed story there on defense. They were so successful in early downs and then they struggled a lot in late downs. So they, they, Basically, got killed in third down most of the time, even though they were stopping the run in first down in second down too. And I believe that there are some bright spots on defense as well. Micah Parsons had a great game. It was evident when watching the game live. It, it became even more evident after watching the replay. Once again, he showed off his speed. He showed off just how well he can match up in just about any situation versus the pass, versus the run, going after... Uh, Kyler Murray, but I, Kyler, yeah, I mean, Burl Killer might have a point there. If Jaron Kears gets that interception, for example, you don't know what can happen or plays like that, that could have changed the game. And you don't want to maybe exonerate the offense of the fault, but hey, a turnover would have really, really turned this game around. And it seems like, at, it seemed like at the end of the day, the Cowboys were going to get a break, but they didn't because the play wasn't reviewed. It is ridiculous, in my opinion, that it wasn't reviewed. But I also think, as I mentioned on last night's show, that it is not the main reason why the Cowboys ended up losing. The Eagles are trash. Oh, man, that is a name for a YouTube account. The Eagles are trash. They did an outstanding job motioning Edmonds out of the backfield, an opposite of the RPO, so they didn't have to deal with him, was very smart. Definitely. And we talked about this last night as well. The, the, the Cardinals were isolating Michael Parsons in a lot of key downs, and Micah didn't really have a lot to do with the play. Honestly, and we talked about this as well, you got to give respect to the Cardinals for what they did to the Cowboys. Game planning on offense and on defense for the Cardinals was on point. Third and 11, and you have eight guys at the line of scrimmage versus Dak Prescott and company mocked up the line of scrimmage. And then you have, even though you're showing eight, only four players on the Cardinals defense rush. And the Cowboys have been using a lot of seven-man protection in which you have your five starting offensive linemen, you have your running back, you have your tight end, and the Cardinals rush from the boundary. So they get defensive backs rushing while some edge players and defensive uh, and linebackers are dropping into coverage. So what this causes is that you have three offensive linemen inside that are basically covering no one. They, they don't have a job maybe in that play, while you have Charles BC blocking, I think it was Byron Murphy from the left side. And then you have Buda Baker rushing Tony Pollard. Buda Baker ends up with the sack. But think about that. You have routes are what the Cowboys have to go. Three routes against seven players in coverage. You got to give respect to the, to the Cardinals for their defensive game plan, I believe. Samuel Rose says, if I see one more bubble screen, and it was a frustrating play 
uh, in the second drive. The Cowboys go back to that screen. As, as soon as it gets ugly, they try to go back to that uh, screen concept. And it was kind of new with Connor McGovern and some tight ends over to the right side. Buda Baker was about to pick that and make it a pick six. Buda Baker was on that play. And I, I, I agree with the screen passes frustration. It definitely it is something. Now, I got to ask you, this is the panic index. From 1 to 10, what is your level of concern heading into the playoffs? Are you panicking right now about where the Cowboys stand? Or do you still believe that the Cowboys are a true contender in the NFC? From 1 to 10, what's your level of concern? We're trying to get a panic index here on primetime. Chuck says no team in the NFC. Passes blocked. And that is such a good question too. And we mentioned briefly the mugged up looks and the fact that these defensive backs are actually rushing the Cowboys. And you got to, you know, you got to take that into account. A lot of the time it was these defensive backs that were rushing that ended up batting these balls. And, and it was a bad spot for the Cowboys offense. But I think it has to do a lot with what we were just talking about in terms of the game plan. The Cardinals clearly find out, found out that it was a problem for this team and that they were going to be able to capitalize on it. They ended up making it work. Joel says 9, Chuck says 12. Big Drew goes with a lower score of 5. Stevie Mack goes with 7. The Eagles are trash, and Dallas Junk are going with zeros. Their panic index is at zero. Charlene Evans says six. Tamil Rose says 10. We haven't been in a quality team since September. So, ah, I'm going to go with a six for this. I'm going to go with a six. And I think most of that is because the fact that the Cowboys are now the fourth seed means that you're probably going to be playing on the road earlier than you wanted to be playing on the road in the playoffs. However, I'm not that scared about how the Cowboys played versus the Cardinals. It was a winning team versus a winning team, and it was ugly to see the penalties that were absolutely drive-killing penalties for the Cowboys. It was ugly to see all of that, but at the same time, I still believe that these Cowboys offense can get it going if they start being more aggressive. Will they be more aggressive in the future is a question that remains unanswered. But I still believe that if Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys coaching staff figures out, hey, we might need to be more aggressive in the passing game. We might need to stop running the football so much in early downs. It might end up working out for them. I believe that the talent is there for the Cowboys. Even without Michael Gallup, I have trust in Cedric Wilson as a number three wide receiver of this Cowboys offense. I think that he can step up within that role. And at the end of the day, mostly it's about the defense. We cannot forget that the defense is the number one defense in the NFL in EPA per play. They are number three in success rate. So the success rate is a big, big uh, stat because the fact that the Cowboys are number one in EPA per play might translate to a lot of people in saying, hey, they get a lot of takeaways and that is why they are number one in EPA per play. They're just opportunistic. 
But by now, it's got to be clear that it's not only that. This Cowboys defense is actually consistent in their game. And that is where success rate enters. So for those of you who don't know the difference maybe between these two, these two stats, success rate measures how many times does the EPA, does an, does an offense get positive EPA in any given play? So if you have a successful play, it means that you are adding expected points in your offense. On defense, it works the other way around, of course. So EPA, for example, you can have a very successful team in terms of EPA because they get big plays even if they're not consistent. But if you're not consistent, then you you don't have a good success rate. So the fact that the Cowboys are number one in EPA and number three in success rate should tell you a lot about where this Cowboys defense stands. This is still an elite unit for the Dallas Cowboys. You can question the offense if you want. We can question whether or not the Cowboys will figure it out offensively. But we know that at least there seems to be an elite unit in the Cowboys, and that is their defensive unit. And sometimes in the NFL, I, for one, believe that the defense wins championships, quote, is more a myth than anything else. Because if you take a look at history, teams that have won the Super Bowl have either a top five offense or a top five defense. It is never the two of them or it, is, or it doesn't. Sorry, I'm going to rephrase that. It doesn't have to be the two of them or it doesn't have to be the defense. You can have, have a, a top five offense and still win the Super Bowl. A top five defense and you can still win the Super Bowl. So I think that the fact that the Cowboys at least have an elite side of the ball, they can, they, they really can be contenders within the NFC. And that is without mentioning that this Cowboys offense can really wake up at any time. I'm not sure if they will, but they have the talent to do so. And if they're just a, a, a little bit more aggressive, they might be able to chalk the NFC. And even with all of the struggles, the Cowboys are number 11 on dropback EPA. And they are the number 10 passing game, attack in success rate. So they're in the top 11 in both categories. Stevie Max says, if Dallas is one and done in the playoffs, do we officially label this team as imposters? I would say yes, to be fair. It is difficult to win in the playoffs, but I think that the way that this Cowboys team got us all excited in the two first months of the season, I would say that I expect the Cowboys to win in the wildcard round. We know it is tough. I'm not saying it is not. I'm, I'm not saying that it is a guaranteed win for the Cowboys, but I do believe that the expectation should be at least to have one win in the wildcard round. They're going to be favorite. I, I believe that if, if they play the Cardinals, they're going to be favorite. If they play the Rams, they're going to be favorite as the home team. Joel says Dallas can't make a play over 20 yards. Frustrating the lack of explosive plays that the Cowboys have had lately. Russell says, should Dallas play the Stars this week or rest them some? Michael McCarthy mentioned to, uh, this morning, that the Cowboys were going to be playing with starters. I don't know if that is true. I, if not, I, I don't know if that will only be true for one half of the game, but that is what Mike McCarthy had to say about, about next Saturday night because, by the way, the Cowboys are playing on Saturday night in case you haven't heard. Big news, 7.15 p.m. Central Time. They are playing 
uh, at night on Saturday. Uh, thank you to Miguel Ortiz, who is watching here the show. Thank you. I appreciate you. Josue says, yeah, but if the offense goes three and out every drive, the offense is on the field longer and gets tired quicker. Arizona won the, top, the time of possession battle. Joel says it's heartbreaking and stressful to uh, every week watching the Cowboys. Hey, I can agree with that. So speaking, I would say just to answer Russell, sorry, I would play the starters. I am, I fully understand the fear of, ah, I, I fully understand the fear of, of risking injuries. And I would understand if they don't play them, if they decided to rest most of the team, which could happen maybe in, in, by, high, by halftime, because I believe that Mike McCarthy is, be, is going to be true to his word and he's going to end up playing the starters and the Cowboys are going to try to win this football game. If you can get two successful drives on offense, just that having that confidence heading into the playoffs, that might just talk a lot about you. Sorry, not, not talk a lot about you. Just really serve you as you're trying to get ready for the playoffs. Because I think that the confidence issues are real when you're struggling on offense like the Cowboys have been doing in recent weeks. So I am all for playing the starters, to be honest, versus the Eagles. So Big D for Life says you have to play the starters unless you want a road playoff game. Says, uh, well, but here's the argument to not playing them. The Cowboys aren't likely to improve the, uh, from the number four seed. So in order for the Cowboys to maybe jump, for example, all the way up to number two, they would, have, they would need the Cardinals to lose, the Rams to lose, and the Bucs to lose. So it is like 99% likely that the Cowboys are going to remain at number four because the Bucs are not, are not likely to lose to the to, to the Carolina Panthers. And I don't think that the Cardinals are likely to lose to the Seahawks. So it is looking like the Cowboys are set at number four. The question, more than anything, is, is it going to be the Rams or the Cardinals at number five in the NFC? And this is where I jump in with a question for you guys on YouTube and on Facebook. Would you rather face the Rams or the Cardinals in the wild card round. Say the Cardinals beat the Seahawks and the Cowboys. Uh, well, not nah, forget about the Cowboys. Let's say that the Cowboys stay at number four. The Cardinals beat the Seahawks, and the and the Rams end up beating the 49ers. So if the Rams beat the 49ers and the Cowboys win and the Cardinals win, the Rams end up being your your number five seed in the NFC, right? If the Rams beat the 49ers, you are going to face them in the playoffs. No, excuse me. I'm so sorry. I had it backwards. Sorry about that. If the Rams lose to the 49ers, I'm sorry about that. Just got my, uh, my words mixed up there. If the 49ers beat the Rams, then the Rams drop to number five and you end up facing them in the playoffs. Sorry about that confusion. Uh, I'm really sorry. Rams, Stafford is no Kyler. Rams, to be honest, Stafford doesn't do well in the playoffs. That is the answers. Those are some of the answers to the question. Would you rather face the Rams or the Cardinals in the wildcard round? So we're getting mixed answers here. 
Now, you might think to yourself, the Rams are not losing to the 49ers. But hey, I don't know about that. And David Lombardi from The Athletic had some interesting numbers to share on his Twitter account. And I'm going to read them to you right now because I thought I, I didn't expect these ones. Kyle Shanahan's 49ers are 6-3 against Sean McVay's Rams. This includes five straight wins for the 49ers, including one with, with Nick Mullins at quarterback. A 5-0 record for San Francisco when Jimmy G starts for LA versus LA. And by the way, we still don't know if Jimmy G will be ready to go next weekend. And the only game in which LA has scored more than 20 points. So, ah, it is, it is a tough matchup for the Rams. And the way that Matthew Stafford is turning the ball over, you might argue that the 49ers can really beat this team, even if Trey Lance is in at quarterback. So mixed answers, mixed answers here in the show. Martin goes with the Cardinals. He'd rather face the Cardinals. Tommy says the Rams. Charlene Evans says, I never forgot that 2018 NFC divisional game by the Rams punching us in the mouth with the run game. That defensive line struggled versus the Rams. I agree with that. Card scored 25 points on a team who did nothing offensively. Harley, the defense is uh, the defense fault, says uh, press X over at YouTube. My answer to that question, by the way, the Cardinals or the Rams, I would much rather face the Cardinals for the second time. Hey, respect to the Cardinals. Respect to Kyler Murray. I think he's electric. I think after watching a week worth of replays, getting ready for the Cardinals game and then watching him versus the Cowboys defense, you got to respect Kyler Murray. The guy is, is really good. Running the football, throwing the football, extending plays. He is an electric playmaker. You got to give him that. But I would rather face the Cardinals, even though it would be a healthier version of the Cardinals, because I, I at least would trust the Cowboys coaching staff to win the adjustment battles in the second go at it. Because I said this before the Cardinals game this weekend, but I, I still believe that Dan Quinn, Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore might win the adjustment battle versus this coaching staff that has struggled to adjust for most of the season. Even though they came out with pretty strong game plans versus the Cowboys, I think that I would like the Cowboys to face the Cardinals for the second time. Because the Rams are a tough team to match up against. They have who, in my opinion, is the best cornerback in the league, Jalen Ramsey. They have a dynamic passing attack. They have a Cooper Cup that I believe would beat whoever lines up across from him from the Cowboys secondary. I believe that Cooper Cup is right now one of the best receivers in the NFL, even though he will not be in the conversation with guys like DeAndre Hopkins and things like that. Cooper Cup is a dangerous wide receiver. And you might not match up Trevon Diggs with Cooper Cup because that might be a difficult matchup for Diggs. And Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, I don't know that they have the edge over Cooper Cup. And then you have Aaron Donald going against Tyler Vyadish, Connor Williams. I don't like that matchup either. Hey, we have seen that matchup versus Connor Williams before, and we didn't like it either. We, we saw it last season. So I would say that I would much rather face the Cardinals. Cat Byer says, note that the double fumble, Dak and Martin, they can call down, but on the play of the game, miss it. 
on the Prescott fumble? Could I think it was ah, I think it was a if a, a clear fumble, no? Cup is a serious problem. Joel Wilson says Coop Cup and Jamar Chase are what I thought Lamb was gonna be, says Joel Wilson. And Sidney Lamb might still be able to do so. I feel like most of the time, I think that most of the time we feel like, to be fair, Lamb has struggled in some spots. But what I'm trying to get at is the fact that sometimes his receivers in the Cowboys often sort of maybe disappear is not always bad because when you have three receivers like the Cowboys do of this caliber, some of the games you're going to have quiet games. But I, but I agree that CeeDee Lamb has not been, has not had the, the seasons that jo- Justin, sorry, that Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase have had. I'm not sure that, it, that that is bad, though. I just think that Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup are having insane seasons right now. And the fact that, that CeeDee Lamb is not doing that right now doesn't mean that he's not what we wanted him to be. I think that CeeDee Lamb is good, as Samuel is saying in the YouTube chat. Beryl says, Rodgers would get the ball to Lamp a lot, no matter what. Says Beryl Killer. Hmm. What about Amari Cooper, though? Maybe maybe Aaron Rodgers would, would be getting the ball to Amari Cooper if he had them both. Right? It's a tough, it's a tough situation for, for, for CeeDee Lamp, but I think that he is good still, and, and he will have a future, a bright future with the Dallas Cowboys. Anyways, guys, let's get to Overreaction Monday. Let's close this show out with three more thoughts. Let's go. Joe Voro could beat Dak Prescott for Comeback Player of the Year. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Remember, that is how Overreaction Monday works here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. We give out three statements. You guys tell me if that is an overreaction or a fair reaction. Joe Voro could beat Dak Prescott for comeback player of the year. I struggle with this one. I really do. Because Borrow is closing out this season in elite fashion. And to me, it is a matter of definition for the comeback player of the year. Because I think it is a fair reaction. I, I, I think it is fair. The numbers for Joe Borrow are better than Dak Prescott's. Like his numbers, advanced stats, traditional stats, they are better right now than Prescott's. But the comeback player of the year, can you come back from a rookie season? That to me is always the question. Have, had we seen enough from Joe Varro in order to call it a comeback? That would be my question. I, would, I will say fair though, because I think that it will be fair if he gets votes, because the definition of the award is kind of ambiguous. It doesn't clarify if you can come back from a rookie season. I don't know if I'm explaining myself, but can you come back if you hadn't, if you didn't have maybe like five seasons of work like Dak Prescott had before his injury? Charlene Evans goes with fair, Stevie Mac fair, Eddie goes with fair. A lot of fair answers here in the show. Dallas Junk says overreaction. Ferris is Tommy, he will. Voro looks great, says Joel. John Stanley says, Joe all day. Yeah, hey. Big D for Life says, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for, for years. Oh, LL. 
Sorry, I, I, I missed that one though. Uh, <laughs> just no history is case, says Cat Buyer. We'll see. But I think that that's how I feel about the comeback player of the year. And based on that logic, I would vote for Dak Prescott. However, if someone else votes for Joe Burrow and he ends up getting it, I cannot hate that situation. So, Antonio, Antonio Brown's NFL career is over. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Antonio's, Antonio Brown's NFL career is officially over. <clears throat> oh, and Carl says, Joe Bro has been a badass quarterback in all levels. Watch him play when he was at Ohio State at LSU. Don't get me wrong. Not saying that Joe Vora wasn't a badass quarterback before the NFL, but the comeback player of the year is for NFL players. That's what I kind of meant. Mauricio wasn't even born when that song came out. Hey, yeah, what can I say? Didn't understand it, so I believe that is actually accurate. So Antonio Brown's NFL career is over. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Russell says fair over at Facebook. Tommy goes with fair. Samuel goes with fair. Tommy says he's cooked. Oh, Cat Buyer was at the game for the Buccaneers and the Jets, I believe. Martin says fair. Basket case. He needs help before he comes back. Overreaction, says Charlene Evans. I am 50% in agreement with Charlene Evans and 50% in disagreement because my answer is fair reaction. I think that right now, NFL teams will stay away from Antonio Brown, but I agree with Charlene Evans in saying that he needs help. Listen, the memes are funny. The jokes are funny and all of that. But this might be a literal men mental health issue for Antonio Brown. And it is so unfortunate because his behavior, man, he, that ah, he needs therapy, as Tommy is saying over at YouTube. I don't know, like he needs professional help, uh, human help. Someone mentioned this as well over on at, at Twitter, I believe. He needs professional help and human help. He needs both of those. And hopefully Antonio Brown is able to figure out his issues But I think that it comes down to this question that Ambroom is bringing out on YouTube. Would you trust him on the field? And I don't know that right now there's going to be an NFL team that says, I'm going to risk it once again. Because he can be okay, and, and he has been okay for a while. But then it's, it's always something new. And I believe that he needs that help. And maybe if he, if he gets that professional help, Maybe he's able to bounce back, as Charlene Evans is saying. Lunatic says, look at Gordon, Hardy, etc. Dallas offensive coordinator needs to go. Sorry, not sorry, says Kevin J. Salazar. I wouldn't get rid of Kellen Moore at all. I think that I, I still have faith in Kellen Moore, even though there are some legit concerns. Now, it could be, it could be that Beryl Killer is also right. We might be speculating about Antonio Brown's mental health, But it also could be just a behavioral issue for Antonio Brown. He wouldn't be the first player to be in a similar situation. Stevie Mac says, apparently A.V.'s argument was that he didn't feel well enough to play and wanted to rest his ankle up for the playoffs, but Bruce Arians wouldn't allow it, says Stevie Mac. Yeah, Bruce Arians came out and he said that he was trying to get A.V. into the game. He said that, in his opinion, he wasn't hurt or that he hadn't heard about him being hurt. We will never know the truth because it seems like a he said, she said situation. 
over there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers issues with Antonio Brown. Kind of a weird situation. But I will say fair reaction. I think that I think that right now his career is over in the NFL. Might be wrong though. And hey, NFL front offices, as long as the talent is there, they will put up with anything. So if he gets help, might might be able to come back. Anyways, final overreaction statement. Joe Judge's rant will cost him his job with the New York Giants. I don't know if you guys saw his rant, but he was saying some weird stuff over there for the Giants after their 29-3 loss to the Chicago Bears. How do you play Mike Glennon? How the guy threw 11 passes, completed four of them. He looked very, very bad in that football game for the Giants. And then Joe Judge came out, and for about two minutes, he was sort of speaking nonsense to the media. He was, I don't know if he was trying to throw, justify maybe the level of play that the Giants have given their fans this 2021 season. But at one point, he compared the, the locker room in the Giants with the 2018 Patriots. At one point, he said that he had players every week in his office talking about wanting to come back to the Giants in 2022. Just... Some weird stuff going on over there with the Giants head coach. And I think that his job seemed a little bit safe a few weeks ago with Jason Garrett gone, with, you know, maybe sort of like the scapegoat with Jason Garrett. And I thought that maybe he was going to come back to the Giants next year. But I think that he won't right now with after that situation with the media no complaints here says tv mac if the giants keep joe judge and daniel jones i think that the cowboys fans would actually love it dallas for life says joe judge already lost his job they've scapegoated everyone else time for judge to go and the fact that they had scapegoated everyone else made me believe that maybe he had his job But then that segment with the media, that was weird. And the Giants know that that was weird. And Brooms' overreaction, unfortunately, they've already committed to him for next year so he can say what he wants to. And Brooms says, uh, and she follows up, uh, and follows up, I would show him the door just behind Jason Garrett after this season. Hoping Judge stays, stays is Elio Varela. He's trying to keep his job. Clinton says, tell about them, Cowboys. Talk about the Cowboys, this team hall. Guys, <laughs> we have been talking about the Cowboys. This is just a quick segment for, <laughs> for, for the show. Come on. Come on, guys. We're about to go. We've been talking about the Cowboys for 40 minutes here. <laughs> I hope they keep judge. Nah, all kidding aside, though, Overreaction Monday is a fun, different segment that we have going here on ADC Sports, Dallas Primetime, and we take the liberty of taking a look around the NFL for some overreactions. But anyways, guys, thank you for joining the show here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Tomorrow morning will be all 22 morning. So hope to have some more thoughts for you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central, as always, here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime, Sunday through Thursday night here on Dallas On Demand Sports Song Network. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez. 
Thank you for joining me. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about Primetime. Let's get more Cowboys fans here, and let's continue to grow this community. It's been fun to have this show with you guys, and make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Charlene Evans saying, great show. Love the content and the fans. Thank you, Charlene. Thank you for your support. Thank you, guys, for all of your comments here in ADC Sports, Dallas Primetime. Modella Time, great show. Thank you to Modella Time. And I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central Time. Thank you, guys.